Let's face it, sometimes it's hard as hell to be human. Challenges, problems, traumas, loss, grief, and many other painful things that can happen to us down here on Earth. But did you know that there are legions of spirit guides patiently waiting for you to call on them so they can help you through any challenge and any uncertainty that you may have in your life? I know this could be hard to believe because many times we feel like we're alone down here and we don't have any support from spirit, but I assure you that is never the case. Usually what's going on is that we cannot hear our spirit guides and we don't know how to connect with or communicate with them, especially the different types of spirit guides that there are out there. But this video will give you the tools to confidently connect to the many types of spirit guides there are out there and let them help you in times of need. You'll learn what spirit guides are, how they work. Then we're going to go over the top nine types of spirit guides that I work with the most in my life. And you can connect with these spirit guides also yourself. And then I'm going to share a simple five-step method to help you connect with any of these types of spirit guides so they can help you in your life. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. That intro that you just saw is for the spectacular retreat center, Rhythmia, located in Costa Rica. Rhythmia is medically licensed for the use of plant medicine, and I'm going to be traveling to Rhythmia this upcoming August, 2021. I'm gonna be giving a workshop there the first week of August from the 1st through the 7th. So if you wanna join me at Rhythmia, I'm gonna leave links in the description box below where you can learn more about plant medicine and about how you can join me at Rhythmia. If you really feel a pull to work with plant medicine, Rhythmia is very highly recommended because they have a highly trained staff, both medically and also in terms of shamans. So they create this beautiful nurturing environment for you to work with plant medicine in a safe way. So I hope to see you down in Costa Rica this August. Don't forget the links in the description box below. Maybe I'll see you there. And before we get into the main part of the video, I wanna remind you that I have a free workbook as a supplemental resource to this video. The free workbooks have questions and exercises, homework exercises to help you go deeper on the content that we discuss in this video. I'll leave links to that workbook in the description box below so you can download it after watching this video. On to part one of the video, what are spirit guides? Here's a simple definition of spirit guides. Spirit guides are non-physical beings that help us down here on earth, okay? So there's a simple definition of what a spirit guide is. Basically, spirit guides, what they do is they help us down here, go through our lives, and they really assist us throughout our lives. And the reason that spirit guides are so important for us is because when we incarnate on earth, we, we have to obey the laws of the physical location or of the dimension in which we incarnate in. One of the rules of the earth dimension is what's known as the veil of forgetfulness. And that is when, when, a soul, when our soul takes on this physical body and we incarnate in this physical reality, we forget where we come from and we forget who we are on a soul level many times, all right? And so spirit guides come in and they really help us because they help us get past that veil of forgetfulness. They give us assistance from the spirit world 
and they really they really help us in so many aspects of our lives. So they are just they are priceless helpers uh, as we're moving through life. Now the way that this that spirit guides generally uh, work with us is they kind of descend their vibration a little bit so that they can meet us down here on the earth plane or they can speak to us on the earth plane. They have to descend their vibration a little bit because spirit uh, guides are really high vibrational beings, high vibrational beings. So for them to be able to communicate with, with us when we're earthbound, when we're down here, they have to kind of come down in their vibration a little bit so we can meet each other at the middle. All right. So this is a little bit on, on what spirit guides are. There are multiple, multiple types of spirit guides. Just, there are just so many types of spirit guides. Not all, not all spirit guides are of the light. There are denser spirit guides too, but the spirit guides that I obviously talk about in my videos and in all my content, the spirit guides that I work with are spirit guides that are only of the light. All right. So these are spirit guides that are really here to help you out of unconditional love and support for you and your evolution. Now, generally, I speak of spirit guides in a group because each one of us has a group or a team of spirit guides that accompanies us. Um, you have generally some parts of your spirit guide team that are permanent. They stay with you your whole life. And then you have non-permanent uh, elements to your spirit guide team that come in and out depending on what you need in any, uh, in any phase of your life. All right. So when I talk about spirit guides, I talk about them usually in a team because we, we usually walk around with a really diverse team of spirit guides that are always available to support us, all different types, um, depending on what you need in any given moment. On to part two of the video, how do spirit guides work? All right. So I touched upon it a little bit in the previous part of the, uh, the first part of the video where I said that spirit guides, they have to descend their energy a little bit so we can meet at the middle. And that's, that's precisely how they need to work because their energy is so elevated that we wouldn't be able to communicate at all with them if they just say, stayed in their purest, purest vibration. So they have to descend a little bit their vibration and we have to ascend ours to meet in the middle. All right. Now this is an important side note here. Ding, ding. Here's a little side note that literally just fell on my head. And that is that that what the spirit guides do to descend to communicate with us is essentially what our soul does before it incarnates, right? Our soul essence has to descend quite a bit in its vibration in order to be able to kind of materialize in physical form. And it's not descend in vibration because, you know, making it worse and that high vibration is better. It's just when I mean descending in vibration, I just mean materialize. So in order for something to physicalize, it has to get denser and denser and denser. And that's how form takes place. All right. So that's what's happening with spirit guides. They come down in their vibration a little bit, and then we come up a little bit in our vibration and we kind of meet in the middle. And that's usually how the best communication with spirit guides occurs. There are generally two ways in which guides communicate with us. The first way is through inner communication. So this will happen very frequently when we're in maybe deep states of meditation, we're sitting in meditation, we're quiet. And generally what happens, it's almost like the guide drops a file on our head and we get what's called an instant download. If you've ever heard uh, spiritual teachers talk about downloads, that's essentially what it is. It's almost like the guides are just dropping a file into your head 
And so you feel that as inner communication. It feels like it's something coming from within you. You get a direct download of, of understanding, of knowing, of information. You just know something from within you, all right? That's one way that, that guides do this. So they'll, they'll kind of help, um, they'll help facilitate, that's the word. They'll help facilitate this inner communication where you just know the information without anything happening in your outside environment. Okay, so this, this inner communication is one of them. The second way in which they, they can communicate with us is through outer communication. This is where the guides will actually physicalize things in the outside environment as a way to communicate with you. So this is where synchronicities come in, signs come in. A lot of times um, spirit guides will communicate to us through songs. Uh, sometimes they'll communicate uh, through to us through a conversation we have with a stranger on the street. Uh, sometimes they'll literally materialize feathers or other signs and synchronicities, but these things are occurring in your actual physical environment. All right. That's why I'm calling it outer communication. Your guides are still talking to you, but they're talking to you actually through things in the physical world. All right. And as an example, I had one of my guides do this to me when early on in my spiritual awakening, when I was still really insecure and I didn't know if I could trust the information I was receiving and that I was channeling, one of my guides actually materialized a sign through a little girl. So this little girl that I knew from nowhere literally walked up to me one day and just gave me a flower out of nowhere. Uh, the, you know, behind the scenes story of this is longer, but the point is this little girl came up to me and gave me a flower. It was my guide that had whispered in her ear. Okay. And especially Spirit guides use children a lot as, as a way to communicate with us because children are very pure in their energy and they're not programmed yet to kind of discount the spirit world. So a child is very, very connected to the spirit world. It's easy for a guide to come up to a child and, and whisper something in their ear and they'll just do it because they're that close to the spirit world. So this is just one example of how guides materialize things in the outside world and that's a form of communication and that's one of the types called outer communication. On to part three of the video, the nine types of spirit guides. So before I get into these nine types, I want to leave a little side note, ding, ding here, all right, little side note. And that is that the nine types of spirit guides that I present to you in this video, it's not an exhaustive list by any means, right? Like there are a ton, a ton of different spirit guides. So you may resonate with different spirit guides other than, than the ones that I talk about here. What I'm sharing with you are what I consider the top nine in terms of my experience in working with them and also the ones that my clients over the years have worked with the most, okay? But it's not in any means to say that these are the only ones that exist, all right? So, so I just wanted to leave this side note here. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's the ones that I find are more powerful and more present in my life and in the lives of the people that I have worked with, all right? So I wanted to leave this side note. Another important note that I wanted to leave here is that as I'm going through this list, make sure that as you're watching and you're listening to me and as I'm saying their names, as I'm talking about the types of spirit guides, pay attention to your physical sensations and to how you feel. Because what's going to happen is very frequently, if you have one of these guides trying to talk to you or trying to connect with you, by watching this video and just resonating, if you resonate with a specific type of guide as you're watching me, write that type down so that you can look them up and connect with them later on. Okay. So, so just pay attention to how your body feels as you're going through this list that I share with you. And if one type of guide resonates with you, that may be that they want to commu communicate with you and they've been trying to establish communication. So now you'll know. 
The first type is angels and guardian angels, okay? So the angelic realm is one of my favorite types of spirit guides. They are just so pure, so high vibration. Uh, angels are extremely pure in their vibration. And the reason they're so pure in their vibration is because it's very rare. Uh, most angels have not incarnated on earth. So they have not taken on a physical body. They haven't taken on karma. They haven't taken on any kind of experiences down here. And so they really have no baggage to them and they don't have any baggage. That's why angels maintain the purity of their vibration really, really high. Okay. Now I'm talking about angels and guardian angels, um, not because they're two different types, but because your guardian angel really is, um, it's an angel that's assigned to you at birth. This angel stays with you your whole life, right? That's called your guardian angel. But that's the same, the guardian angel is the same as other angels. It's just when we say guardian angel, this is the angel that's going to be with you and that's with you your whole life, all right? The angels really work um, in a very protective capacity, all right? So angels are very involved in protecting you, keeping you out of harm's way, trying to keep you safe. That's that's really an important role of, of the, the angelic realm is just really taking care of you and trying to keep you safe. And this is one of the reasons why, in fact, um, you hear stories of sometimes people that have near fatal accidents where they get into this horrible pileup and or they have an accident all by themselves in the middle of nowhere. And in the middle of the ordeal, they say someone came to help them. But then later on, they find out that there was no one there at the at the scene of the accident. If you've ever heard a story like this before, this is because angels are actually capable of taking on material form so they actually appear human and they come in to just help a person when they really need it and then they disintegrate and disappear, all right? It's very common for angels to do that. It takes quite a bit of energy for an angel to do this, to actually materialize itself in physical form to help you. But the angels can do this. They do this rarely, but they can do this. And you, that's that's why you hear stories of this happening sometimes when the person is it has is having a near death experience or a near fatal experience all right so Angels are extremely pure, extremely wonderful, extremely protective, and is one of my favorite types of guides to work with. So one of the particularities about angels, not just angels, but also archangels, I'm going to talk about archangels in a little bit, but one particularity about angels um, that sometimes is a little bit jarring for people is that angels are so high vibration that if you can develop your third eye and you can start seeing them with your eyes closed, if you're doing a meditation and you call in an angel, if you develop your third eye, you can actually start seeing them. And what's really interesting about this type of seeing, because your physical eyes are closed, so you're seeing with your third eye. But what happens is when you develop this capacity, and, and for a person who's naturally psychic or a medium, very frequently when a psychic is first training, when a person is first training to use their third eye, and they, they start to connect with angels, angels are so high in their vibration that sometimes they appear they appear as very luminous beings. They, they are just angels glow a lot. Okay. And a lot of times what happens is the luminescence of an angel can be so powerful that it can, it can feel blinding to your third eye, which seems totally weird. Cause you can say to me, if my eyes are closed, how can I be blinded by anything? But you absolutely can because your third eye, when the third eye perceives an angel, they can sometimes perceive it in such powerful and intense way that it actually burns your physical eyes. This has happened to me multiple times. 
times, okay? And this is just to show you how luminous uh, angels are, how pure and how high in their vibration are. So if you're in meditation, and this is a good note to keep, that if you ever see a really, or if you feel or see with your third eye, a really high vibration, luminescent kind of white light kind of color, this is probably an angel. And, and it's because of the extreme high vibration that these beings have. The second type of spirit guides that I love to work with are violet flame angels, okay? So this is, is still an angel, but the reason that I'm talking about it as a different type is because the violet flame angels are really important angels that they are the keepers of what's known as the violet flame, okay? The violet flame is a really powerful spiritual tool that a lot of alchemists use and anyone can use, really. The violet flame is a purple fire. It's a spiritual tool that could be used to clear your energy. I use the, the violet flame almost every day. I invoke the violet flame and I just let the violet flame pass through my body as a way to cleanse it and clear energy. So whenever I work with the violet flame, I always call on the violet flame angels to, as the keepers of that flame. Okay. And so violet flame angels, again, same as a regular angel, they're really high in vibration, except for people who can see violet flame angels with their third eye, these angels appear with a purple hue on them. Okay. So they have a little bit of a different hue than a regular angel but same high vibration. These, these angels give off a little bit of a different energy, whereas a regular angel will give off a more sweet, um, more tender kind of energy. The violet flame angel is more direct, more fiery. <laughs> it's a more direct, more fiery angel because the angel is there to really just help you clean uh, clean things out. They do, they're not as tender as regular uh, as regular angels, but they still love you and they and they still have this profound love, love and unconditional love for you. So it's just a little bit of different particularities that I'm giving giving you so that if you start to connect with these beings, you can understand the difference between all of them. All right. So these are the violet flame angels. Love to love to call on them when I'm calling on the violet flame to cleanse my energy. The third type of spiritual guide that I love to work with are archangels. Okay, so we talked about angels and now we go into the archangelic realm. So archangels are similar to angels, except they are a lot more powerful than a regular angel. And they also have a lot more responsibility when it comes to helping humans on earth. The archangelic realm is extremely, extremely powerful, very, very powerful and very close to source energy. All right, very close to source energy. They have an enormous amount of responsibility and helping with us, helping us evolve down here, helping us stay out of trouble, helping us in all kinds of different capacities. Okay. So th these are the main differences between archangels and angel. And, and when you, when you feel an archangel, when you come into the presence of an archangel, you will know the difference because th their power is immediate. You can tell right away that they are much more powerful than a regular angel. You can tell they are just, th their power is again, even more blinding than the power of an angel. So if you can see them with your third eye, when your eyes are closed, some people, I'm, I'm saying this, when your eyes are closed, some psychics can actually see them with their eyes open. But for the majority of us, if we can train our third eye, it's usually with our eyes, with our physical eyes closed. And so when an archangel presents themselves, they're very big beings, very, very big, very powerful. And you can feel right away the difference between an angel and an archangel. 
So now that you know how powerful the angels are, and now you know how powerful the archangels are, just take the power of the angel and take it up quite a few notches, and, and that's that's you in the presence of an archangel, basically. So this may even take more training on your part than it does to connect with, with an angel, okay? Training meaning that when you come face to face with an archangel, uh, it can be actually painful on you, all right? And I'll give you an example of, of how this happened to me. So when I first connected with Archangel Michael, one of the most active archangels in the archangelic realm, and I'm going to go through a list of more archangels, but when I started connecting with Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael is known as a protector uh, archangel. He's, He's always walking around with the sword, so that's his symbol of protection is just a sword. And... He is responsible for helping you cut negative cords and all kinds of protection uh, things. That's Archangel Michael. When I first connected with him, his vibration was so, so powerful that I had my eyes closed. I was in deep meditation. I could see him from really far. And as he was getting closer to me, my physical eyes started to hurt. I actually had to turn my head away. (laughs) I turned my head away, which seems totally weird because why would I need to turn my face away if my eyes are closed? Like what's blinding me? There's nothing blinding me. But there was something blinding me and it was the energy was coming into my third eye and I was perceiving that physically as my eyes burning. So I turned my face away from him at first. That's how intense the vibration of the archangels are, okay? So it may take a little bit of time for you to get used to connecting with the archangels, but hopefully this video is going to start giving you some different perspectives on the differences in the energies so that when you do connect with them, you'll know exactly who you're talking to. Now, before I get into more talk about the archangels, I want to leave a side note here. So ding, ding, side note here. And it's actually a side note about angels and archangels. Okay, so when you usually hear uh, angels and archangels are mentioned biblically, all right? So they're mentioned in Christian and Christianity. It's not the only religion, though, that talks about angels and archangels. But I just want to leave the side note here to, to give you an understanding that angels and archangels, are, the, although they are talked about in world religions, especially in Christianity, It doesn't mean that they belong to any religion, okay? So the angelic realm and the archangelic realm are non-denominational. They don't care about religion. They have nothing to do with religion. So this can kind of help you in understanding because sometimes when I'm talking about spirit guides with people, they get a little bit resistant to working with certain spirit guides if they associate those spirit guides with a specific religion because they're not religious and they don't want to be religious, all right? So I want to leave this side note here. Angels and archangels or any of the guides that I talk about in this in this video They don't have any religious association. All right. They are available They are non-denominational and they are available for every single human that's on this planet to help Okay, so wanted to leave this important side note in case, you know, me talking about angels or archangels is starting to give you a little bit heebie-jeebies if you're non-religious, all right? So this important side note, don't worry about working with any of these guides because they have no connection to any religion in particular. Now, there's an infinite number of angels and uh, and archangels, but I'm going to go over a specific list of 15 archangels that I'm going to give you here, Um, and I'm going to give you this list of archangels, uh, mostly because because they are the ones that are most powerful and the ones that are most involved with helping humans, all right? So I'm going to give you a list of these top 15 archangels. I'm just going to give you their names, and as I'm giving you their names, just see if any one of these archangels resonates with you. So we'll start with Ariel, Azriel, Shamuel, Gabriel, Haniel, Jeremiel, Jophiel, Metatron, Michael, Raguel, Raphael, 
Raziel, Sandalphon, Uriel, and Zadkiel. So if you felt any resonance with any of the names that I just called out, write them down and then you can do the connection work and you can learn more about this archangel later, later on by just Googling them or looking into meditations on how to connect with them. All right. So, so I don't know if you had any resonance with any particular archangel on this list, but that's a great way to start to understand if any of them want to connect with you. Another important thing about this list is that, as I talked about before, the, the archangel and, ar and, and angel realm, they vibrate really high mostly because they don't incarnate. That's why their energy is so pure. But there are a couple of exceptions, all right? There are a couple of exceptions on this list of 15 that I just named. There are a couple of exceptions. There are two archangels that have incarnated in physical form. They are called Metatron and Sandalphon, all right? These are the two archangels that have incarnated in physical form which really makes their energy very um, beautiful in a sense that they are the archangels that most have empathy for humans because they've been human, all right? And there's just something about experiencing something. It gives you a level of empathy that other people who don't experience it don't know. And so Sandalphon and Metatron have a really special energy it's an energy of deep compassion for the human condition because they've been in human shoes, all right? So, but these are the only two archangels that have ever incarnated. Um, so, you know, if you feel any resonance with Metatron and Sandalphon, it's probably because of that, all right? So, so these are the archangels. These are the main archangels. Hopefully you've resonated with at least a few of them. The fourth type of spirit guides that I love to work with are what's known as ascended masters. Okay. So these are extremely high vibration beings that have taken on physical form. Usually an ascended master takes on physical form and they go through the process of enlightenment in a physical body. All right. That's what's considered an ascended master. An ascended master, they generally do that. They come down here, they take on physical form, and then they transform and enlighten in physical form as a way to show others how to do it. Okay. So, so here's a, here's a, again, not an exhaustive list, but here's a list of some ascended masters that I love to work with. Jesus, Mary Magdalene, the Buddha, Kuan Yin, Master Saint Germain, Confucius, and Mother Mary. So ascended masters are generally really easy to work with because they have an understanding of the human condition because they've been down here on earth, sometimes multiple times, multiple lifetimes, they've been down here on earth. And so they know how the human condition works. And they are also masters at the, what's known as the process of illumination, meaning that they know how to take on physical form and retain the vibration of their spirit. So they never actually have to descend in their energy in order to, in order to be down here on earth. The process of illumination is literally your body just keeps ascending, ascending into enlightenment as you're in physical form. One of the hallmark characteristics of ascended masters is that they come here and they are teaching you that you could do the same. <laughs> That's one of the biggest hallmarks of of, uh, of ascended masters is they're not just showing that they're special and that they could do this. They come here as great teachers trying to show others and be the living example for others to go through the same thing. This is one of the reasons why, for instance, master Jesus at one of the most, uh, one of the most talked about passages of, of him in the Bible is when he says the kingdom of heaven is within you. All right. He's constantly saying that. And what does that mean? He's trying to convey the information that whatever he's doing, whatever the, whatever heaven you're looking for, it's already within you. And this is the hallmark of all great ascended masters. Okay. Now 
Of course, then religion came into play, and a lot of the messages and teachings of these great teachers were a little bit distorted, you know, Christianity in the case of Jesus. And, and that's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's where we were. But the point is, if, you know, try and just kind of separate religion from the actual teacher, and you'll be able to get to the gold of the teachings a lot more easily. The fifth type of spirit guide that I love working with is what's known as elevated ancestors. Okay, so the reason I'm using the word elevated, I'll tell you in a little bit. But basically, ancestors are the souls, the people that came before you, right? So all when we're talking about ancestors, we're talking about generations upon generations of souls that have come before you uh, here on earth. But when I insert the word elevated, the reason I'm doing that is because not all of your ancestors, not all of my ancestors are of the light, okay? <laughs> and so this is important. Sometimes we, we like to think of our families in this really romantic, in this really romantic way, thinking that all of them are just, you know, wonderful and vibrating in the light, and they're not always, okay? So when I'm talking about elevated ancestors, I'm talking about connecting to your ancestors that are of the light, okay? That vibrate in the light, all right? Now, ancestors are wonderful because your ancestors carry your lineage. So they have a huge body of wisdom when it comes to your lineage, the things that you need to heal coming from your lineage because they've been through it. They know it. So they know they have a huge body of wisdom when it comes to your lineage and the things that need to be transformed and heal within your lineage, but they also retain wisdom from all of the things that your, that your lineage has gone through generation after generation after generation, right? Wisdom being passed down from generation to generation, it creates this enormous body of wisdom that you can tap into, okay? So I love working with ancestors, but I will only call, when I'm specifically calling ancestors, I will only call ancestors of the light and of the highest possible energy available to me. Okay. So this is, this is another side note to leave. When you call in your ancestors, it's wonderful to call on ancestors, but call on ancestors that only vibrate in the light. So for example, when I call on ancestors, a lot of times when I'm calling on ancestors, I'm calling actually on, on ancestors of medicine women or medicine men, shamans. I work a lot uh, when it comes to ancestors. I work a lot with shamanic energy and it's because I have a pull towards shamanic energy and towards the body of wisdom that shamanic uh, traditions have on the planet, especially the understanding of nature, how to communicate with nature, how to be in, at one with nature, how to be in harmony with nature. So, so I, when I call on ancestors, it's generally uh, my t the top of the list when it comes to ancestors for me as a group of medicine women that work with me. And, and so when I think of ancestors, I immediately think of them. But for you, your ancestors that you call upon can be totally different. The point is, again, remember the rule, you're calling on and you're working with only the ancestors that are of the purest, highest light. The sixth type of spirit guides that I love to work with are power animals. I love to work with power animals so much. Uh, power animals are wonderful. Uh, when it comes to the power animal world, you actually have one guardian, one power animal for your whole life. And it's the same power animal, kind of like a guardian angel, but you have a guardian power animal. So you'll have one of those that's with you your whole life, but then you can, you can communicate with power animals and ask for their assistance. And they can actually come to you spontaneously, depending on what type of medicine you need. And when I use, when I say what type of medicine, what I'm saying is this is a shamanic term 
for uh, the types of characteristics and features that that animal has that you need. Okay, so uh, so I'll give you an example. Sometimes, you know, a couple of days ago, I was doing I was doing um, a meditation, a deep trance meditation, and then that moment, I had a serpent come to me, and I understood right away I needed the medicine of that serpent. The serpent is considered a highly transformative and very very healing energy. Okay, so. When you're working with power animals, if you connect with the power animal, you don't really know what that power animal is telling you or what the medicine of the power animal is. You can always just write write down details of the animal and then look it up. Look up the spiritual meaning of, of a certain animal and you'll know right away why that animal is with you, all right? So I love, love working with power animals so much. Um, and you can call on them and sometimes they do come to you spontaneously. You just need to pay attention that they're there. The seventh type of spirit guides that I love to work with are plant guides, okay? So we don't usually, when we look at plants, we don't usually think of them as spirit beings, but plants are sentient beings, and a lot of plants have very deeply held wisdom within them, and they can serve as spirit guides, all right? And I'm going to give you two examples of how plants can can present as guides. The first one is through plant medicines. So if you've ever heard of, the, of ayahuasca or San Pedro, peyote, uh, iboga from Africa. So each, each shamanic tradition around the world, there's always a plant medicine uh, in, in those specific cultures. And plant medicines, these are, um, these are sense-altering medicines that you take. So for, for example, ayahuasca that I work with regularly, it's in the form of a tea. So a, a plant is boiled down. You drink the tea, and that tea opens up your perceptions, and you can connect with the spirit world a lot, a lot more quickly. All right, and that's an example of the spirit guide that that's contained within that plant. That's one way. Another way that that I love to connect with plant spirit beings is through old trees. Okay, so old trees are old trees have some of the wisest spirits and are some of the most amazing guides. And I don't know where I would be actually without old trees. So when I was going through my really difficult spiritual awakening, my spiritual initiation before I became a healer, I was actually guided to go to different forest locations. I lived in multiple areas that had forests with really old trees, and I would literally go into the forest every day and I'd sit by a really old tree. They're so healing. They have so much wisdom. They're so grounding. All right. So this is another example of another plant guide that you could literally, it it may seem, it may seem totally woo woo that you could sit up against a tree and that tree could give you any wisdom, but yes, it can. If your, if your senses are on and you can pay attention to what that tree is trying to say to you. The eighth type of spirit guide that I love working with are what's known as archetypal energies. Okay. So archetypal energies, they can come in the form of goddesses, gods. Um, they can come in the form of just different archetypal energies that come to you. They, that you, they can, um, they can help you with protection, but they can also help you just for you to embody the characteristics that they, uh, that they archetypally hold. All right. And so there's a ton of different archetypal energies. I'll give you a couple of examples of the ones that I love to work with. I love to work with a lot of Hindu goddesses um, and a lot of goddesses when I'm when I'm working with archetypal energies. So. I'll call, for instance, on a Kali, all right? I love working with the goddess Kali. Uh, I love working with the goddess Durga. And I'll work with different goddesses, uh, but that's just one example. Goddesses are only one type of archetypal energy. The point with archetypal energies is that they represent major themes for humanity and major characteristics for humanity that help humanity evolve, okay? And you can connect with these archetypal energies, whether they're goddesses or gods. Um, you can connect 
connect with these archetypal energies to also help you embody those characteristics so that you can evolve faster. The ninth and last type of spirit guide that I love to work with are star beings. All right. So star beings or star seeds. These are, um, these are beings that live in different planets and different dimensions, and they are much more evolved in consciousness and technology and everything much more evolved than humans. So star seeds basically look on humans in the human condition, almost like they look at, uh, they look at them with a lot of compassion, but they look at humans almost like they're babies. <laughs> it's like they're in the baby phase. They're in the toddler phase and star seeds come in to help humans evolve because they've already been there. All right. They're just, they're just light years ahead of us in terms of their evolution. Light beings are really beautiful, very, very high ascended beings. Not all star seeds are of the light. So I would use the same rule here with star seeds that I used with the ancestors, right? When you call on star seeds, you're calling on star seeds that are only of the light. that are of the highest, purest energy to help you with unconditional love. All right. So here are a few star seed, uh, races that are out there, different types of star seeds. So I'm going to give you the names of these star seeds. Just let the names kind of listen to the names and see if you resonate with any of them. And if you do just look them up after watching this video. All right. So here are a few star seeds, Pleiadians, Arturians, Andromedans, Lemurians, and Atlanteans. Okay. So if you resonated with any of these names, but there are more, I just gave you a few here. There are more, um, you can look up star seeds or look up the star seeds that you resonated with uh, here also. And these beautiful beings, they do the same thing. Star seeds are actually very interested. There are specific different things that star seeds love to do. One of them is they really help the, the planet when it comes to advancement in technologies. All right. So star seeds are very involved in advance in technological advancements on the planet. They're also very involved with healing. Okay. So star seeds have it evolved, evolved ways of, uh, of healing. And, and, you know, if your third eye is working and you can have trans meditations and you can connect with star seeds in different dimensions, you'll notice that they don't have things like hospitals or things like, like we do here when, when we're, when we talk about healing. So for star seeds, their healing is spontaneous. It's, it's immediate. And the reason is because they've evolved so much in their consciousness that they know how to heal and how to heal quickly. All right. So, uh, star seeds then come here to help us also heal those, but those are a couple of things in which star seeds are involved, very heavily involved here on earth. Um, but if you feel any resonance with star seeds, you can look, look up more, uh, about them after this video. On to part four of the video, how to connect with any of these spirit guides that I was just talking about today. All right. So there's a really simple five-step process to go, um, to, to get you connected with any of these types of, of, um, of spirit beings. The first step in that process is conscious intention. This is so powerful. Just the moment that you have conscious intention to connect with a certain spirit guide, that conscious intention will already start the calling of them. Okay. So conscious intention is very, very powerful. You can even just use something as simple as closing your eyes and using a mantra like, um, I consciously intend to connect with fill in the blanks. Okay. So I consciously intend to connect with a colleague. I consciously intend to connect with a Pleiadian. I consciously, you see, like just fill in the blank. And it could be just this simple mantra of you saying out loud over and over, I consciously intend to connect, or just, I intend to connect with fill in the blank today. 
Okay, so conscious intention, really important first step. Use mantras and just intend to connect. As soon as you intend to connect, spirit guides cannot violate free will. That's why this step is so important. Your conscious intention is you using your free will to give permission for that connection to take place. So this is an important first step. Step number two is sustained focus. Okay, so when you when you do step number one and you consciously intend or you call on them, consciously call on them, the spirit guide will never fail you. They will immediately call they will immediately answer your call. All right. The question here and the issue usually is that we don't we sometimes don't notice that that spirit being has has uh, heard our call and has come to us because we can't hear them and we don't know how to connect with them, so we don't even know they're there. But they will never fail you. They always come to you when called. So what this step does is it allows you to concentrate and amplify energy because the more I focus on something, the more the energy expands. If I focus on something longer and longer and longer, the energy expands, it expands and expands, it gets bigger. With higher concentrations of energy, I basically am priming myself to more easily connect with that guide and listen to them and hear them. Okay, so that's all that sustained uh, focus is doing. It's just concentrating energy so that you can energize yourself to a point where you can hear them once you call them. So what this really means in a practical level is that once I go through step one and I intend to connect with a guide, then I just go about my day and I just keep thinking about them. (laughs) That's sustained focus. I keep thinking about them. Maybe I'm walking down the street and I just keep saying, you know, Mary Magdalene, I really would like to talk to you today, Mary Magdalene. So I'm just, I'm constantly focusing on the guide that I want to connect with in my everyday life. I just keep focusing on it until it happens. Okay. So that's literally practically what it means to have sustained focus is just this. You just hold them in your mind and in your heart. After you call them, you hold them in that awareness until communication is established. Step number three in the process is to use ceremony. I talk a lot about ceremony. It's it's really because ceremony, what it is, is just a continuation of step number two. You start having that sustained focus, and then when you get to the ceremony aspect, what you're doing is you're concentrating that energy tenfold, even more, okay? So a ceremony, what it does is energetically is wherever the location that you're doing a ceremony, you open, literally open a light portal in that area. Okay. So much energy is concentrated. You open a light portal in that area, meaning that in the area that you're doing the ceremony, it, that area can bring in that spirit guide and establish communication a lot more quickly. This is why really old cultures since the dawn of time have used ceremony circles. So you'll see all over the planet, there are rock circles, rock formations, shamanic cultures use actual physical rocks or logs to kind of make a ceremony space. And when they step in that ceremony space, it's like they're in a different dimension. That's what ceremony does for you. Okay. Now, you don't need to get really elaborate with the ceremony. I just do very simple ceremonies. I light some candles. I start to to use some drumming music to really get the ceremony going. And then I just start concentrating and invoking the guides that I want to work with. I use sacred smoke also. So I'll I'll open the ceremony by just purifying the space of the ceremony with sacred smoke, like a Palo Santo or an incense or a sage, whatever whatever sacred smoke you want to use, okay? So this is just a really simple way 
way to to um, to kind of open up a ceremony. When you do ceremony, you are again opening that light portal, that portal of of ascended energy. And when you do that, the likelihood that you connect with one of these guides is pretty high. Now, usually when I open up the ceremony, when I do all the things that I just told you, I will then um, I'll dance a little bit, I'll drum a little bit, I'll use the sacred smoke, and then I'll sit in the middle of my ceremony space. I'll sit in the middle of my ceremony space and I will invoke the guide. Okay. So I'll use different invocations, but I'll leave one for you here. Uh, so you can use if you want to. All right. So here's an example of an invocation. You can say, I lovingly call upon fill in the blank to connect with me and assist me today. Okay. So you can say, I lovingly call upon Jesus to connect with me and assist with me, assist me today. Or you can say, I lovingly call upon Archangel Michael to connect with me and assist me today. All right. So you can fill in the blank with whoever spirit guide you want, but this is a really powerful invocation mantra that you can use as soon as you finish opening ceremony and you sit right in the middle of your ceremony space and you invoke that guy. When you do that, then you just sit there and wait for that communication to establish. Step number four is to quiet the mind. All right. This is an essential step, right? Because no matter how much you call a guide to you, if your mind is going a million miles an hour and it's just filled with random thoughts that never stop, you're not going to be able to connect with that spirit guide. You're not going to be able to hear them. They could be standing right there next to you. But if your mind is filled with drama, excessive thoughts, just nonstop monkey mind going and going and going, you're not going to hear your spirit guide, no matter how many invocations or how many times you call on them. All right. So this step is really, really important. I'm not going to go into specific tools on how to quiet the mind because I'm, uh, you, you, you got that covered, right? There are many different ways in which we can calm the mind from meditation to silence, to stillness, um, to sometimes for people to ec- exercise. There are different practices that you can use to quiet the monkey mind. The important aspect here is do these practices every day for a while. The more quiet your mind is, the faster you can connect with your spirit guides. All right. So it's up to you. You don't have to do any kind of meditation or mindfulness or anything like that, but then don't complain if you can't listen to your, to your spirit guides. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I can't hear my spirit guides. And I say, well, why don't you meditate 10 minutes a day? Oh, I don't have time to meditate. <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> then You see, so if you really want to connect with spirit guides, take the time to quiet the mind and prepare yourself for that communication. Step number five is actually a little bit of an extra tip. It's not always necessary, but this is a good pro tip for you. All right. Step number five is called conscious projection. And what it means is that I talked about it a little bit already in this video, where if you meet the guide kind of in the middle, if you, if you ascend your energy and meet them somewhere, it's easier for you to have that communication with them because spirit guides, especially the ones in the angel and archangel realm, they have to descend their energy quite a bit to communicate with us. Okay. So in order for us to make it easy, conscious projection works really well. And what I mean by conscious projection is you're literally projecting your consciousness into a middle meeting place. Okay. So I'll give you an example. You could be sitting in meditation and you could project your consciousness up onto a cloud in the middle of the sky. You can project your consciousness up to the moon or another planet in our, in our solar system. You could literally project your consciousness into the middle of space if you want to. These are only some examples, but the point here is that you project your consciousness somewhere so the guide can meet you there. Okay. This is called the middle ground. 
This is really common when communicating with spirit guides. The better you get at conscious projection, the faster you can communicate with your guides because again, you're meeting, you're meeting in a middle ground, meaning that the spirit guide doesn't have to descend their energy as much to meet you. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below, which type of spirit guide did you resonate with the most in this video? I want to hear all about it. And don't forget to download the free supplemental workbook that accompanies this video. You'll have links to that workbook in the description box below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website to download my popular free guided meditations. And here are some other videos for you to continue your viewing experience. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I'm out.